Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shevska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! Oh my God, it's, it's noon on, what's today? Thursday, December 23rd. Uh, and this is news that you can use from YAA with your dear friends, Zach and Ray. And by the way, hmm. tonight's the last Thursday night football game of the season. <laughs> you always can count on you. We always can count on you for some sort of interesting tidbit. In fact, at the beginning of the show, Pops, how are you doing this early afternoon? Uh, my hands are like ice. Uh, it's supposed to get up to like 39 degrees here at the shore. Mm. Um, when I got up this morning, it was 30, uh, and it felt like 20 because, well, you know, we have a wind advisory for a change. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to maybe not going outside today. <laughs> well, we've got the day before the day before Christmas. Yes. Got quite a few folks with us here this morning. Justice, always nice to have you here. Jordan, thanks for being here. MPEG, Leon. Doug and many others. We really appreciate you being here. Pops, today we got an interesting topic that we're going to dive right into, which is over the past two years, car dealership profits have increased by nearly 200%. Is this on a per vehicle basis? Yeah, well, on a per vehicle basis, over 200% car dealer profits have increased. This is incredible because we've witnessed prices of cars go up, right? So we understand that. We understand used car prices have increased, new car prices have increased. And of course, as those vehicle prices have increased, the cost to the dealership has increased. Profit is a function of revenue less expenses. So let's say, let's say used car prices from 2019, November of 2019 to November of 2021 have gone up 50%, which would be a conservative assessment. It's probably closer to 60%, 50-60%. Yeah. That means that the cost to buy the car, a used car to dealership, has gone up 50-60%, right? Yeah. But their profits have gone up 200%. So that means either they're making more revenue or they're uh, cutting down their costs. We're going to look at the data here in a second. But well, just well, but, but here's an interesting question. How much has the retail price gone up over that time? If the yes. cost, if the cost, I mean, the average selling price of a pre-owned vehicle in November top $29,000. Okay. And the previous November, I believe it was just under $23,000. So it's gone up a little over $5,000. That's what percentage is that? Yeah. I I hear you loud and clear. And then also on the new car side, the average transaction price is up over $45,000. Let's take a quick peek at the numbers, Pops, just to put this into context and into perspective. We posted this back on the YAA community record-setting dealer profits in November of 2021. I'll zoom into this for you. Can you break this down for everyone that's on the stream, Dad? What do these numbers mean and what is this showing you? Well, traditionally, new car sales departments for years and years and years were not profitable. And I know people find that hard to believe. You know, it's a, it's the dealerships. Of course they're making money. The new car departments across the board in the majority of dealerships back in 2019 were not profitable. They were actually loss leaders for the dealerships. And to be and clear, as- there's a distinction between new car uh, department and finance office, right? Well, there's new car department, there's used car department, there's F&I, and there's parts and service. 
But the new car department, okay, the one that is the reason you have that Ford badge on the front of your dealership or or the Acura badge on the front of your dealership, the new car department itself as a separate entity in the majority of dealerships lost money. Yep. The, the, the revenue that it produced was was less than the expense it took to run that department. So it actually lost money. And and the reason you can see why is back in 2019, the average front-end gross profit on a new car was $275. And the average finance and insurance profit per car was $1,358. So that's that's what, $1,600, a little over $1,600, $1,625 was the total front and back profit for a new car in 2019. In 2020, the amount of front end profit jumped up to $679, almost three times the amount as what it had been. Mm-hmm. And the finance profit jumped up almost $150 to a little over $1,500 per car. Go to 2021, and your front-end gross profit is now just a tick under $2,900 per new vehicle sold, and your F&I profit is just under $2,000. So it means a dealership today... Okay, is making about $4,900 per new car sold when two years ago they were making $1,625 per new car sold. Now, two years ago, you know, maybe they were selling 100 cars. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 100 times 1,600 is what, uh, 1.6 million? Mm -hmm. That they were, yeah, is that correct? Mm -hmm. That, That they were bringing in on a monthly basis in sales. Now, contrast that to today, where maybe, maybe they're selling 40 new cars a month. They're doing, they're getting 40% of the volume that they used to get, but they're getting nearly $5,000 per car. So on 40 cars, you're talking $2 million. So they're selling fewer vehicles but their gross profit has actually gone up $400,000 per month. That's staggering. So that they have figured out ways to cut expenses. Um, There's less marketing dollars involved. Uh, They probably cut personnel because they don't need as many people as they have. So employee expenses less. So the fact that they're they're bringing in these record profits on fewer cars, of making these dealerships um, more profitable than they've ever been. I was talking to our dear friend Chip yesterday, mm-hmm. and the volumes of cars that they're selling and the profit levels they they had set a record in November. Okay, um, that was about $350,000 in monthly gross profit higher than their previous best month ever. Wow. And 
according to Chip at one of their stores, they will exceed that record this month by another $300,000. So they're just, they're raking in more money on fewer cars and um, everybody is, is well, kind of happy because they're all making money. The, the salespeople are making money. The sales management teams are making money. Dealer principals are making money. It's just some staggering sums of profit that that these dealerships are realizing through uh, um, new car sales and finance and insurance sales on those new car sales. Hundred percent. And and there's a couple to unpack here. One that I want to dive into pops. If you come back to to the table of data, and this comes from Stone Eagle Metrics, a couple things to to kind of dissect here. One is the FNI product PVR on finance vehicles pvr is per vehicle retail that's the that's the metric how much yes. money do we make pvr per vehicle retailed and you can actually see that increase in fni products it's because people are still continuing to get approved for financing on them so if you're financing your vehicle more money is going to be put towards fni products than you may have realized that's one takeaway i have from this well and and look one line above the finance reserve yep. has gone up quite a bit and the total um, FNI PVR on finance vehicles, like it's, it's insane, $2,500. So if you're financing a vehicle, you're financing an additional $2,500 on in FNI products. So not only like, are the front end gross going way up, but yeah. we're still getting better and better as we, we, dealerships are still getting better and better at selling FNI products. And, and I'm not real good at math, but that looks like about a 25% increase in FNI PVR on financed vehicles from the previous year. Yeah. Because the previous year was two grand, now it's twenty five hundred. Um, so, and and one of the reasons there's a couple reasons for some of those things. There are more F and I products available today for F and I managers to sell than there's ever been. The profit margins in those products are probably higher than they've ever been. Reserve amounts are higher. Um, because, well, the total amount financed is greater than it's ever been, and your reserve is based on the total amount financed. Yeah. Um, so there's just, everything is conspiring. Um, is it conspiring? Um, okay, that works. Yeah, I can, to, to uh, add to uh, front-end and back-end profit. The scarcity of, of, of vehicles makes the asking price uh, go up. Um, and let's face it, I mean, the whole concept of sales is um, the, the value of what you're asking or the selling price of what you're asking um, has to exceed the value of the vehicle in the customer's mind for them to say yes. And even at these inflated prices, um, the people still see the value and they're still willing to uh, spend all that money to buy these cars. So Adrian's got the right question here. It's what do I do if I need a car right now? If you absolutely need a car right now, I guess pops, what recommendations or what steps are you, are you, are you telling the, the, the best thing you can do if you absolutely need a car right now is try and search out dealerships that don't charge above manufacturer suggested retail price that's number one and then you want to um, also um, 
see to it that they don't add thousands upon thousands of dollars of unwanted um, dealer-installed protection packages or your Central Florida friends and family package, um, things like that. I was just going to say, Pops, even though profits are up, I mean, 200%. And actually, if we had just done the front end profit, that's up 1,000% yeah. in the past two years. It's 10x where it was before. The tactics to still get a fair deal are the same. Yes. And, and two years ago, it was contact multiple dealerships, get multiple out the door price quotes, compare them and negotiate using the leverage you have from the different quotes. It's the same thing today. It's finding the dealership. It's just your net, you're going to net out to not, you know, invoice price. You're going to net out to, MSRP plus doc fee plus. It, it's it's finding the dealerships that realize there's greater value in not overcharging a customer and keeping that customer for a very long period of time, as opposed to the dealers who look at it as a way to just make more money than they should, uh, knowing that they're never going to have that customer ever come back to buy a second, third, or fourth car. So. It, it's it's all in how the dealer principal chooses to do business. Definitely. And we've got a comment here in the chat about, well, MSRP prices are going up. And that is very true. Yes. And I think the reality here is that not only are dealership profits going up, the other thing going up is the manufacturer's suggested retail price because they are still struggling to produce vehicles. We, we have better chip news each week, but it's going to be a long time before production is fully back fully where it was pre-pandemic. And also the inputs into these more advanced vehicles are more expensive. We had that uh, report from Boston Consulting Group that showed a, a, a kind of like classic ICE vehicle. What was it? It was like $550 in semiconductor expense versus a uh, EV with autonomous driving functionality it was like $1,300 in chip expense. So like the inputs to produce these vehicles are also becoming more expensive. Thus, the reason you're seeing MSRPs go up as well. Plus, the destination fees, we talked about that earlier this year. There's these black box fees that even the OEMs have. Dealerships are not the only ones with fees. Um, and they're able to just at will or at whimsy uh, modify those as well. Yes. And, and you know, you have to realize that some of these, like, like the destination and handling charges, um, they can actually become an additional profit center for the manufacturers because if for instance i think ram charges 1695 dollars per truck in destination and handling charges now let's just say uh, for the sake of argument that it costs dodge a thousand dollars per car okay um on average so you know there, there's an additional 700 dollars in profit right there and and i know they're are consumers out there that say, but, you know, I, I only live three miles from the plant. Well, they they try to cost average what it takes to send the car, whether it's 3,000 miles from the plant or three miles from the plant. Yeah. Um, so that's typically how they calculate their destination and handling charges. Um, but, yeah, they're using that as it's, it's kind of like um on ebay years ago you know yeah. you could get cheap prices but they they knock your socks off with the uh, with the uh, uh, charges to ship it to you yeah so you know because that that's a black hole that nobody knows what it really should be 
So, Pops, let's help Adrian uh, during today's show. So, I went to a dealership shopping and I managed to bring the price down five thousand dollars, but they were still charging three thousand over MSRP at the moment, which is a great a great testament to what you always say, Dad. They're yeah. going to ask for ten thousand additional dealer mark on five thousand. Yeah. They're asking for it. Doesn't mean you just have to go and roll over and say, "Okay, I'm okay with it." But I, it, this leads me to actually want to just pull up one other article that we can discuss a little bit because it ties right in. The headline here from the New York Times is, want to buy a car? You might have to get on a plane to claim it. And Adrian, this is the truth. You know, like if you if if you go to um, the Join YA website and you start searching for cars, set the radius to 500 miles, you know, instead of looking for something that's in your backyard. If you're looking for a Toyota Camry, instead of just looking in a 20-mile radius, you might need to look within all 500 miles. Yes. Because... People are finding that that's the best way to find that dealership. You're going to run out of people in your local market area that are willing to, to, to sell at a reasonable price. But Pops, you've been pushing back against that. You've said to me before we went on the show today, when I talked to you about this article from the New York Times, you said, if I was still a dealer, I wouldn't be selling to someone out of my market area. Why Absolutely not. And, and the reason that I wouldn't is the, the whole concept is to try and build your customer base within your primary marketing area that's set by the manufacturer. And the reason you do that is you expect to get warranty work and service work from that customer. So if if your local customer lives five miles from your dealership, you would be, if it were me as the dealer, I would be more predisposed to discount a vehicle to sell it to that customer so that they could bring it back and I can continue to make money from that sale over time, even if it's just warranty repairs that the manufacturer is paying for, as opposed to selling it to somebody that lives 500 miles away. Because let's face it, that person that lives 500 miles away, if that person were to ever have an issue with the vehicle, they're not driving it 500 miles to bring it back to my dealership to get it repaired. They're going to take it to their local dealership. So from my perspective, running a dealership, yep, you take care of the people that live close to you. And those who want to buy something from you that live miles and miles and miles or thousands of miles away, they're the ones that aren't going to get the best deal because whatever profit you're going to make from them is strictly from the sale of the car. And when cars are in short supply, you are taking that vehicle out of your marketplace completely, which means you have one less vehicle to sell to a potential customer that lives in your primary market area. So God bless the dealers that are out there that are willing to, to allow people to fly in and, and buy at the local pricing. Um, but to me, that doesn't make good business sense. You want to you want to save those vehicles for your customers that actually live in your market area. Definitely. That's that just me. That being said, we do have the guide back on the website. Um, if you just search buying a vehicle in another state, YAA, it'll pop right up where, where we break down. I mean, if you are going to go and try and do it, here the temp email templates to use, the words to use, things like that. You know, if, if, if you're a dealer, the worst thing that can happen is you have a local customer come in hmm. and they want to buy a car from you, but you don't have what they want because you sold it to somebody that lives a thousand miles away. Definitely. I agree. Yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah.
And so, and getting and getting back to you know the dealers will ask this or that. I'm reminded of what my dear friend Lee Gottlieb told me when it comes to yeah. things like that. It's like negotiating a contract. You either accept the terms, you reject the terms, or you modify the terms. Just because the terms that they're asking are for ten thousand dollars in additional dealer markup, that doesn't mean you have to accept them. You can reject those terms. You can try to modify those terms. It just, it takes time and it takes patience. And in some cases it takes luck because you just have to hit at the right moment when a dealership is desperate to hit a goal or this or that, or a salesperson needs to hit one more unit to get a monthly bonus, you know, He's going. He or she will work harder at getting their sales manager to accept your offer, if it means something extra to that salesperson. Trust me, the hardest, the easiest people to convince to say yes in any transaction is typically the sales management team when a salesperson keeps beating them up about the price because they want to make a car deal with their customer that's there. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Pops, here's what I was thinking we do for the last 10 minutes of today's show. I was thinking, let's take a moment and let's actually look at uh, the incentives that are currently at play versus two years ago to help justify and show what's going on there as well. Um, Absolutely. And then Leon here in the chat, Pops, says Toyota said they're back at full production. So if the local Toyota dealer is still ripping people off, your theory doesn't hold right. That's an interesting well, well, here, let Leon, let me help you with this. Even though they're back at full production, probably 90% of the vehicles that they're producing are already spoken for. They were already in the pipeline and their dealerships have already pre-sold them to somebody because they didn't have any cars on their lot. So until inventory levels increase dramatically and all the stuff that's being built isn't pre-sold, um, you know, you're not going to you're not going to find dealers that are are typically looking to take less than what they could, even though I think they should. Yeah. And, and we've, we've been talking about this for a while. Good news on the production side doesn't equate to immediately good news on the inventory side. And also no. we've had discussions around if profits are up overall 200 percent, but on the front end over a thousand percent in the past two years, you've got to imagine some of the practices that we've seen come about right now are going to stick. Like oh, yeah. last time I checked, all of these dealerships, all these automakers, everyone, literally everyone is a for-profit company. Well, <laughs> They're here, to make money. Here's here's something to think about for a moment. Boston Consulting Group has 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 done some real deep research into the, mm-hmm. some of these supply chain issues. If the the number of lost vehicles to production this year as Boston Consulting Group sees it, is 10 million globally. 10 million. That's a huge number. Their projection for next year is that it's 7 to 8 million in lost production. That's 17 to 18 million vehicles lost to production over a two-year period of time. There's 17 to 18 million new vehicles that can't be sold, that will never make it into the marketplace. So... You're, you you can't dramatically increase the amount of inventory that a dealership has if over a two-year period of time you lost out on 17 to 18 million vehicles of production. 
It just the numbers don't compute to suddenly dealerships having that normally had a thousand cars in the lot suddenly having a thousand cars again. It's 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 going to take years to get back to build up to be able to supplant that lost production. So this is not an overnight fix. It just it just isn't. There's there's no way to to build an extra. 18 million vehicles in 2022 to make up for all the vehicles that are that are being lost 100 percent. nope well said dad well said and i think we're seeing that on the incentive side as well so let's just take a quick peek just to show this absolutely i want to i want to just illustrate do you think this is 2019 or 2022 on the screen dad excuse me 2021 well, I, on the screen well i can't see it so. well Oh, look how look how many things there are on here. Uh, okay, well that that that's either last year or the year before. So this is the customer incentives kind of printout from uh, December twenty third, twenty nineteen, and here is and I'll zoom in on the other one as well. Here's this year's. Okay, so okay. we've got this year's right here, and you can see there's actually quite a few on here. Primarily going to be finance incentives. Yes. Although there are a few, like for example, on the Mini Coopers, there's fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollars on the Honda Passport and whatnot. You've got a, up to twelve hundred and fifty dollars. A lot of these, everything that we've looked at, a lot of these are your college grad programs, military programs, things like that. There are very limited, with the exception of maybe your Ford Echo Sports and your Escapes, things that are now no longer being manufactured in the next model year, and these are your prior model year options. There are and, very few incentives, cash. And may I say, whatever cash incentives there are, they're at a good 40 to 50 to 60% lower than what they had been, say, two years ago. So let's, and the Chevy Bolt, you can't drive it, but you can get $8,000 off. This they're year. not even going to start making them again until February, I, I recently read. And they've got the stop sale on it, so you can't yes. even use that incentive. So let's just, I mean, yeah. So look, immediately, what do you see? right? Yes. There were significant, this is now the 2019 worksheet, 7250, 4500. Like there were significant cash incentives. Yes. Obviously, there are not going to be the same incentives this year. So, as MSRP prices are going up, even as there's the good news on the chip shortage side, it's still not a a moment in time where you're going to have any type of uh, opportunity to get car deals like you would have, you know, Christmas two years ago, three years ago. No. And, and, and this also reflects that, that the manufacturers marketing expenses have, have gone down dramatically. Um, you know, I, I've seen the BMW ads and, you know, up to $2,500 on some select model. Well, you know, that number used to be five thousand dollars they're they're literally at half of what they used to give um so yeah that's another reason why the manufacturers can be as profitable as they are building fewer cars than they have in the past now my suspicion is that they would much prefer even though we've heard rumblings from several ceos saying that they they'd like to keep production down they would much prefer if they had the ability to produce as many cars as they possibly could because you know they're going to they're going to ship them off to the dealers and the dealers are going to pay for them now now there'll be more marketing incentives to get rid of the cars but ultimately i think dealers prefer it that way and so do the manufacturers and and so do the american consumers they like to be able to walk into a dealership 
and have 20, 30, 40 cars of a particular model in color and trim that they can choose from as opposed to saying, well, we've got one that's similar to what you want and it's allocated to us and it's doing in about six to eight weeks. Would you like to put your name on that? Pops, so we got a couple of things coming through the chat here. Then we've got a fantastic, really, you've got to be kidding me segment. Leo says, this is not live. Why can't I play this at 1.75 X speed? Pops, ready to talk faster? Talk faster. Go, go, go. go. I, I, I don't know how to talk faster, but if I could talk faster, I would talk at 1.75 speed, Leo, because, well, this is live. <laughs> we've got a question in the chat here from Freddie. He says, is MSRP still a good price for a factory order? Depends on the model and the brand. Um, Rebel and, GT, probably. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, uh, although you know there are still deals to be had um, below MSRP, even on uh, some of the Jeep products and some of the Ram products. So yeah, we it, have it, that it, great chart back on the YA website of um, in each state what the inventory levels are. There were some states where Ram inventory year over year is actually like not significantly down, and in those areas, you likely have a chance to get a better deal. Yes, absolutely. Mark wants to know why YA insurance, the uh, extended warranty, is not available in California. I was studying for the insurance producer exam right before we hopped on, Mark. I got to pass an exam. Once I do, then we'll be able to sell in California. So stay tuned for that. It's coming relatively soon. Hey, Mayani's in the chat. Hey. hey. Long time no Happy see. holidays to you, Mayani. Yeah, happy holidays. Uh, have a great new year. Um, and here you go. Justice in the chat with Ram Rebel can get slightly below MSRP. Justice, if you don't know, is one of our YAA advocates back on the community forum using the live chat as well. Justice has probably looked at over the past six months at least a couple hundred car deals, probably more. So if you have questions or if you're wondering about what's a good and fair deal, post it on the community forum or use live chat. We're here to help back on the website. Now, Pops, yes. you ready for this? Uh, well, uh, this is news to me, so yes, I'm ready. <laughs> really? You, you gotta, gotta be, be kidding, kidding me. me. So there's two things I want to talk about today. I'm not a room hater. I just want to I want to preface this with I am not a room hater. I'm just reporting the news. There are two things room related worth bringing up, Dad. So you know how their stock price has been going down considerably? Yeah. Well, there's a law firm, Morris Kandinov. It's opening up an investigation into Vroom because not only are they currently facing the uh, class action lawsuit filed by their investors, there are also complaints uh, that the uh, management team, the directors on the board, have made, um, uh, what does it say here, materially false and or misleading statements and failed to disclose that one Vroom had not demonstrated that it was able to control and scale growth in respect to its sales force to meet the demand for its products. Two, as a result, Vroom was forced to discount aged inventory to move through its retail channels or liquidate in its wholesale channels. And three, as a result, the e-commerce gross profit per unit was reasonably likely to decline. And four, consequently, defendants' positive statements about Vroom's business operations and prospects were materially misleading and or lacked reasonable bias. So not only are we dealing with the challenges to title cars... <laughs> There's some investigation into the governance. Um, may I, may I say duties. something? Yeah. We're talking about car people, for goodness sake. <laughs> why, why even as an investor would you suddenly think that people involved in the car business, I don't know, aren't going to look at things through uh, rose-colored glasses, for goodness sake? Oh then God. the other piece of room news, Dad, there was some insider selling, which I find 
Fantastic. Um, the chief people and culture officer uh, actually decided to sell a pretty significant amount of stock before their price started to tank. So, yeah, because <laughs> this was this was on twelve fifteen, sold at a price of ten dollars and fifty four cents. Let's see here. Let's see. Let's just check room stock. All right, it's at eleven dollars right now. So you know what? You know what? She 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 suffered a little bit with the rest of us, but I find yeah, it because fascinating. Because Vroom is 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 making a comeback. <laughs> it's still what seventy percent below what it was a year ago, six months ago. Okay, there yeah. you have it. Uh, but yeah, why anybody? I mean, I know I'm a I'm a former car guy. Yep, I get it. Okay, but why anybody would believe? statements that that, <laughs> that that car people make uh beyond me just just especially investors for goodness sake you yeah. know they should know better well pops tomorrow's christmas eve we'll still be on at noon then christmas day we're going to do a stream 6 p.m eastern over on the yaa channel so please be sure to join us there until yes. then, everyone enjoy the uh, the what should be a long weekend. I think most people are off today and definitely tomorrow. So yes. enjoy your long weekend. We'll see you again tomorrow at noon. And Pops, thanks as always for doing this with me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Just so you know, tomorrow at the twelve thirty-five, I I am scheduled to help Santa load the sleigh. So <laughs> we'll be off right at twelve thirty. Don't worry. I appreciate it. <laughs> all right, Pops. I love you. Join yaa.com. Test out the new car search. We appreciate all the feedback that we've been getting. Over ten thousand searches, Dad in the first week of it being up. Isn't that? I'm liking that. I'm That's liking incredible. That. Yes, it really is. Pretty you awesome. Know. It's all because it, of the community. You know what's amazing? It, huh. started, it started at one. Yeah. Well, two, because we did it together. Okay. There you have it. Yeah. Yeah. And I asked my sister. I asked Dara to do a search. So okay. So there three. three. Okay. Yeah. okay. But then there were 9,997 mm -hmm. more. Well, that's pretty darn good. <laughs> I love you. You should be proud of yourself. I love you too, handsome. I'll see you tomorrow. See ya. Join us again next time. Which is probably tomorrow. To get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon. soon.